With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi guys and welcome to another podcast on Nathan's Golf. Today is the 17th of February and uh, yeah we've uh, had a good little following on our first podcast out last week and we're going to try to get a podcast out pretty much every week but uh, we'll see how it goes. Might be every two weeks or every month. We'll see how we go. Today I'm joined by my co-host here, Danny Hobbs. Hi guys, thanks for listening and thanks for joining us again on Nathan's Golf Podcast. Hopefully we give you plenty of information and um, something good to listen to for the next half an hour of your life. Hopefully, yeah. We're, um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about winter golf, a little bit about the one and only Tiger Woods and of course Rory making number one and just a little little other little bits about the uh, WG series and all that but we'll get to that in a minute. So we'll start off talking a little bit about winter golf and winter tees. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of winter tees. Um, I I find out you get a lot of them are a little bit different, especially on our course. You get some of them that are quite like thick. Yeah, definitely. And then some of them that are just like what they would be in a driving range. You get some stones on them, you get them some really uneven ones and when you're pulling away your club head's moving and hitting stones and I find it really hard to strike the ball purely every time how do you feel Dan about that um pretty much the same to be honest with you I mean if you're like new to golf and you're a rookie or an amateur and um you know you're trying to become a pure ball striker you're on the fairway you're 110 120 yards away you pull out a 56 or a pitching wedge depending on what your swing and what your ball strength's like and stuff like that um, you want to kind of replicate that when you're teeing off on a par three. So for me, being on a par three and you go up to a temporary mat, that's not ideal. It kind of like, you know, it makes you a bit more apprehensive about the shot. It kind of like, it's frustrating trying to put your tee into the mat, whether you're using a Castleford or bamboo or just a stock wooden yeah, tee. Yeah, you, you kind of can't use wooden tees, can you? you have they to just, go they just plastic. don't go in. They're frozen solid. They're not made of the same material. And you can't play a, a pure shot because there's nothing underneath. It's not going to come up. It's not as flexible grass and um, all in all I think on a par 3 you suffer the most I think you're not going to tee off with a driver on a par 4 or a par 5 if you can't get your tee in so you are going to take that time and care to make sure your tee's in the way it wants your ball set up and it don't really affect too much of them but when it comes to teeing off on a par 3 and you want to do a pure ball strike nice little approach shot that's when it for me it becomes a very very big problem but they're not ideal. They are there for a reason to protect um, the summer experience of golf, which I'm all for. And you enjoy golf in the summer and you play whatever you can in the winter. And it's the same with the tees. You get the full experience of a golf course in the summer with the summer tees. In the winter, sacrifice a little bit, but you gain a lot through the summer. I think that brings us up to the next one as well about uh, temporary greens. It's all about protecting that green for the, for the summer because in the summer you play all day don't you? you you can tee off at 5 30 some some mornings exactly and then you, you we've been out before at about 10 o'clock at night yeah <laughs> i mean we did do the macmillan cancer support longest day challenge which we will be competing again this year and um 
that was 12 straight hours, maybe a little bit more of golf. And, um, you know, you do get the kind of sense that when you're on a putting green, you want it to be in pristine condition. You've got multiple players playing on these greens all the time. So if you've got a wet, damp surface, obviously it's already going to be a bit harder to, like, you know, get the speed of your putt right to have the ball hold its line or try and, like, you know, rejudge it. But if you've got players walking over the green, fair enough they're using spikes on the bottom of their shoes, standard, um, you know, golf clothing. Um, but the problem is, is obviously, I understand that they're not going to have, if, if everybody plays on them in the winter, then come the summer, you've got greens that's basically trying to regrow, refresh. The sunlight's hitting them, but they're still going to be in bad condition. So as much as I hate putting on a temporary green where it hasn't been maintained, it's bumpy, boggy, um, you know, you already know a three putt's more likely than a two putt, whether you're six foot or 15 foot away. I'm, I hate them, but I kind of respect them. Because yeah, you know, you know it's for I know great course. the main green is not being trampled on by these inexperienced people who just wants to hit the ball for fun. And for me, that's a big part of the experience of golf. When you get to the putting green, I mean, you're driving for show and you're putting for dough. And I don't really want to go onto the putting green and be putting like a dull nut. So, um, I kind of am for them, but they are extremely frustrating to play on. How about yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, we we've got a perfect like at, at Elford Lee where we play now. I mean, they 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 want to get a, they look after their greens quite well. Yeah, extremely. And um, most nine times out of ten, when it's been raining like this, like you're gonna have a couple temporaries, and we can't we're kind of used to it. We're we're like well fair enough you, it's going to be good in the summer yeah. but you get some people I hear them on the tee and they're like oh they're playing with two temporaries today and I'm like well yeah because it's either that or playing on a waterlogged green that you're going to get no satisfaction out whatsoever exactly I mean sometimes I'm a bit like there's a par 4 there that me and Dan like to drive it's a hole 8 is it yeah hole yeah, 8 uphill. no hole 9 isn't it down, oh, downhill, downhill one downhill yeah. one yeah and um, we love to drive it so we both pull our drivers out and then we've got a uh, don't know, pitching where do your nine iron in? And with that there, the normally the standard fairway runs out of three hundred and three yards and then um you got maybe a hundred and ten into a big massive green, two tier green. Exactly. However, when you got the temporary green and thing, the actual holes to the left on the actual fairway about two sixty down. <laughs> so you're actually taking a bit off your driver, it makes it a completely different hole, but you would think it'd make it a very easy par four, but it's not because then you've you can't, you can't stop it. Green and it's ridiculous. You can't. Um, that, that's the thing I hate about temporaries. You you can flight it there, and sometimes like you can play the perfect shot, but still not be on the green because the greens are so small. Yeah. And then you can't play your putter. So you have to play a bump and run, and then you overdo your pump and run. Then oh, the worst thing was when we played. We played a competition a couple a couple weeks ago, and it was really frosty, and it was all eighteen temps. Yeah. Did you play on that game? No, I didn't no. play that there. Oh man, it was it was hard. Like <laughs> I I was. When was it? It was the the temp hole, which took like a par three, and they put a temporary on. It was probably about eighty yards. So I hit my fifty six degree, yeah. hit it absolutely pure, and I was like, "Oh, that that's close to going in." And it hits the green, and because it's frozen solid, bounces about fifty yards on from the green. <laughs> so I'm there like, "What the hell?" I walk up to the temporary green, and literally about I don't know, like two three inches away from the hole is my ball mark, but my yeah. ball's fifty yards away. It's very unsatisfying when something like that happens. 
you play a good shot and there's no reward whatsoever just based on <laughs> just winter golf and natural weather of course i think with winter golf you kind of you can't take yourself seriously and the other thing with obviously temporary greens is like if you've got one on a fairway the ball do tend to plug on the green if you're being attacking and you're hitting it from like 110 120 yards yeah and um, it can plug on the green which is also very frustrating because one you're damaging the green for others two it's not a true reflection of the shot you've just played and obviously, in winter, you are going to get a lot of plugs. Um, you have to be very aggressive with shots. You have to, if the pin is 120, you can't hit it 110. Yeah, you have exactly. to hit it 120, 125. And uh, problem is, is like, when you know there's moisture or something out there, you will naturally be aggressive. You will pull out a club and you'll think, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this here with a lot of loft. It's going to be more like target golf, very aggressive. Um, you try and land that ball close to the flag, just let it run out for maybe one, two, three yards max. If you're lucky, yeah. Um, obviously, you need to play the shot first, but... That's what's in your head, and then it lands. And if you do it a little bit short, it'll plug, and then you're left with 25 foot. It's, <laughs> it's really frustrating, really frustrating. But I mean, and we but we've played some of our better stuff in the in the winter, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're both quite <laughs> aggressive players. To be fair, we manage the course very well, um, and when it comes to a risk reward, we do kind of take a risk and generally are rewarded. Um, we're not professionals. Sometimes it, it do go wrong, but um, in the winter. We're very narrow-minded or broad-minded, shall I say. We actually know how to look at look at the pros and cons. It's, it's always up for debate when it comes to winners. Like when it comes to plug lies, um, it's frustrating because you got some people and it's very very little plug, not even deep, and they're like, "Oh, can't hit my ball. It's plugged. It's plugged." And then again, and then moving it under winter golf rules, and they're like, you know, six inches to the left, but they're making it like a perfect fairway thing. And then you've got the same <laughs> shot, but you know you're not going to abuse the whole golf etiquette, and you're like, I can play this, and then you fat a shot. So yeah. um, the plug lies. I think they could be a little bit more, um, a little bit more educated when it comes to how deep it is and like what the. We can't. We kind of play the sort of. Okay, if your ball is underneath ground, like you, you, it's no way you're hitting it. Like you need a digger. Yeah. <laughs> like, pull it out and like just place it. Like you don't play. We don't play a lot of competitions in the winter, so just pull it out. You're only playing for mates. Just pop it next to it. Yeah. Like that's it, and then just play it. If you're in the rough, pull it out, put it back in the rough. Yeah. Like if it, if you're pulling it out from a fairway and it's like just a tiny little bit underneath, I mean, if it's comp. But you can you can play, you can pick and place anyway, but it's just it's just one of those things where it's like does it really matter if you just pick it up? Like I guess like in the in the in the summer you don't play pick and place because you don't need to. But yeah. Winter winter's pick and place is there for a reason. I mean I actually spent the first two years of me playing golf at a pitch and putt place or Central Park and we got people who's members at different places down into southwest like Borendon. Alfred Lee, China Fleet, and um, St. Melian. And these are good players. And yet, they get to this little par three pitching putt, and they're saying, oh, it's winter rules. And we're in, like, April and May, and I'm like, what do you mean it's winter rules? Because <laughs> I've been there practicing and, like, really trying to, like, push my game to hit the ball, like, cleanly and actually, like, you know, play the ball as it lies. you got these people who's, like, you know, proper trying to get to amateur level, and they're actually, like, you know, picking and placing the ball, and you're like, seriously, you're kind of making a whole joke and mockery of this. And then in the end, you kind of think, well, if they're going to pick and place, why should they be at such an advantage when I'm playing the same shot, same tournament, same rules? So you kind of like follow suit. But in winter, it's not as satisfying. But if you're a a true golfer at heart, you're still going to enjoy it for what it can be. But in the summer, you'll reap the rewards big time, I believe. Yeah, I mean, again, 
what another point we've got is uh, bunkers being GUR in the uh, winter. I mean, most of the time, bunkers are GUR. And with uh, Storm Karina? Um, Storm Kiara. And Kiara, then, us. And, and, and then the husband, Storm Dennis, come in. And I believe we've got the daughter coming soon. Oh. It's unbelievable. The whole family's trying to batter the UK. But, yeah, with that happening, like our bunkers, at least, are just... All the water just pours into them. So our, our club's quite clever, and they just write them off GUR like you're not playing out of them because they're just concrete like I'd be probably better off using my putter in a bunker rather than using my 56 because I'm not going to be able to dig it in and it's just going to fly out regardless and that's where bunk bunker play becomes maybe a little bit less because you're not playing them so often you can't practice in them because they're all wet exactly and it's not until April, May that they start becoming live again and fluffy and then you go in there, and you're like, "What the hell am I playing in now? What is this? It's not fairway." And you and you have to relearn how to play. Obviously, in the states and Australia and other places where we've got listeners from around there, they're probably like, "What? What are they talking about? Bunkers being gur?" Come to the UK, experience a couple of storms, and you'll understand exactly what we're on about. Imagine having some cement mix and just chucking it in a bunker. Yeah, I mean, some of them is awful. I mean. To be to be fair, as long as it's like you know been properly raked, you can almost pull out a putter from most bunkers. Mm. As long as you've got the right lip and it's like not coming back on yourself like a tidal wave, um, you can almost pull out a bunker and kind of like roll it up. So I'm not a big fan of bunkers, and if you see some of the videos me and Nathan's done, you hate bunkers. Um, I very very do not like it. I've lost my temper a few times on it, um, but looking up, he edited it out. But um, yeah, with bunkers, it's a case of. And it's like, also, people don't understand the actual bunker rule. When bunkers are GUR, um, most people just think it's closest point of exit, no closer to the flag. Now, there are so many holes where you could be on the right-hand side of the bunker, and you pull it out to the right, no closer to the flag, but you've now got a perfect shot towards the flag. That's not the official rule. So just a little fact for anyone who's listening. If you want the official rule, the official rule is the trajectory that the ball goes into the bunker is the line you take out. So if you go in and let you play a draw or a fade or whatever, the way it goes into the bunker, that's the line you follow out. And you follow that there out as far as two clubs back, but no closer to the flag. Obviously, you're coming out behind yourself. You're still getting a bit of a penalty by having that bunker in play in front of you. I was like, but at the end of the day, you, you're saying you've got to play a shot. You know, you shouldn't be coming out of a bunker and abusing the rule and having an easier shot. You go in a bunker, it's a bad shot. You've misplace a shot you've got your power wrong you've done something wrong you're in the bunker you're never aiming to go in the bunker not really but that's the rule line of trajectory come out that there two club lengths no closer to the flag you say that you say um going in the bunker is the wrong thing but a lot of uh pros if they're playing like a long par five i'm really glad you said yeah they aim for the bunkers yeah there's a lot of places where the greens are not accessible and it's very very good that you said this knife um, I was watching um, a couple of tournaments recently, like the Farmers Insurance, um, and basically you've got a lot of greens where they tuck the flag away on like the Saturday or the Sunday, the moving day or the championship day, and these people are thinking, do I risk going there or do I just play it into the bunker? Because they know their bunker game's ace anyway. They play it into the bunker, they know they're going to get the loft, get it out, and then they can just like check it, it release like a putt up towards the flag. And they can be and really aggressive, can't they? A lot but... of these players, they're so good at their bunker game, they tend to aim. They've actually said, we just aim for the bunker. So, you know, us amateurs are not going to be able to do that because we're not as consistent. But um, 
I'd rather yeah. not be in a bunker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd rather <laughs> just have a shot at the flag or a put at the flag and be in green and regulation every time, personally. <laughs> Makes the game a lot easier if you can do that. They must be doing something right, though, to be hitting six and six, eight under most rounds. And Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So, I mean, more recently at the Genesis, we've just had, um, obviously, Matt Kuchar. Like, you know, he was threatening to be a wire-to-wire champion. Um, led after the first round on minus seven. Um, tied on minus nine for the second round. Obviously, Rory McIlroy did kind of overtake him on the next one, but he had a bit of a mare on the last round. It's a shame, really. Adam Scott, good shout-out for an Australian again with um, Cameron Smith winning earlier in the year. In Hawaii. Um, in Hawaii, yeah. So he actually took advantage of that. But obviously, you know, with the genesis and that, it's... Um, Hello? Right, sorry about that. We just got interrupted, so we're now back again, and we were talking about the uh, Genesis Open, and I was saying about how there was um, a few of the top players in contention at the minute, with uh, Rory, uh, John Rahm. Um, Tiger was in it for a little bit, wasn't he? Um, yeah, Tiger Woods was in it for the first two rounds. Um, like you know, he wasn't blown out of the way, but he saw him within four to five shots, and that's a very very healthy place to be. It was such a congested leaderboard. But then on the third round, I think he hit either 60, 76 or 77. But for the first time in a PGA event, um, he actually four-putted on the 13th hole. Which the was master of putting. Crazy. And it was only from 18 foot. So obviously, he wasn't very happy about that. He was putting for a birdie, end up getting a double bogey. But um, it's those Piana Greens, they're, they're awful. I mean, they're catching the pros out and... Obviously, you've got good stuff and bad stuff about it, but the whole tournament was focused on those greens. If anybody was actually able to watch it, I mean, it was a cracking tournament. Um, nobody ran away with it. There were 16 players within four shots that gone into the final round. Crazy. Which doesn't really happen nowadays. Um, and obviously, you had all the top players there too, so it was very, very, like, kind of, you know, entertainment-friendly for you, people watching, trying to, like, you know, cheer their favourites on. No one's running away. But the actual Pine of Greens, um, so obviously Pine of Greens are made up of um, blue grasses and there's like so many different types of um, grasses you can get. Um, but with the POA, they got their pros and cons. I mean, the pros is they grow very, very quickly, very healthily. In the morning, you'll have different grass in the evening. Um, they hold the ball generally on the putting line very, very well. But the problem is, is footprints um people can walk on them it'd be very very solid service um the piano grasses tend to be bent and um that's why like you know if you like stand on the grass it will take the ball out of position a lot by the time the afternoon players come out when you're doing a two tees tee off time um you see all the afternoon players they just could not handle the greens they could not put they'd be within four foot and the professionals were saying Trying to hold a line on a four-foot putt, whether it's downhill, flat, or uphill, was extremely hard, difficult for anyone. And um, I'm a fan of them because it do kind of like, you know, it do make you think about your putts. And when they go in, I mean, they look amazing. But at the same time, it brings back to like memories of Chambers Bay um, when the whole thing was a farce. <laughs> like, it was, just, it was just a farce. I mean, you got people from 108 foot hitting the ball with a half an inch backswing. DJ, wasn't it? Um, DJ Johnson, he just really didn't enjoy it. And they're even like, oh no, 70 foot. And that's not an exaggeration. I'll say it again. 70 foot out to the right. And then they're trying to, it's like a circus shot. And then it would go past the hole from 108 foot. And then all of a sudden it would just go off the green. And 
it wasn't fun. And these POA greens, seeing all the best players like Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Bubba Watson, who is putting very well at the moment, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, who was magnificent this week. Short game, genius, isn't he? Yeah, he was holding them forever, everywhere. It'd just be nice to see their ability have the, you know, to actually have the stage to perform and not it be a bit like jeopardised by POA greens, the planner greens. It makes it look a bit average, isn't it? I, I had a lot of people... I'm on um, a group. You're on the group now as well. That Sunday Red Golf. Yeah, yeah, I'm on that. A shout group, out, yeah. shout out to them. But like, I had a few people comment on that saying, "Are these pros just like not thinking about it today? And why can't they putt?" And I'm like, "Well, if you if you look if you know like it's not they can't putt. It's like if you turned up there and tried putt, and you're not going to do any better. Exactly. Uh, it's it's hard. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up his name earlier. Uh, Jordan Spieth. Yeah. Fell out of the uh, top 50, didn't he? Yeah, he's fell out of the top 50. I mean, he's been quite for two years. But it's not a case of being quite for two years. It's a case of he had such an extreme two years prior to that that he just wasn't able to like live up to expectation. That 2015-16 Yeah. And Crazy. I mean, you could say the Masters, when he blew it with that water fiasco, um, that was horrible. could be a turning point. But my personal opinion, listen, listen to what a lot of pundits have said, is he's tried, like... He's over four. He spent so much time into the mechanics, into the way, like the technicality of golf should be. Um, he was just so good with his putting, but he was studying the putting, he was studying the greens in a way that most people wasn't. But now he's tried too hard, and he kind of made a swing very, very. It's like too controlled, too and mechanic. They, yeah, too mechanic, and he was just losing it all the time. He wasn't making cuts. He had to take time off to get his mentality back. He's not the kind of player who should overthink. He's a naturally gifted of superstar of the game. And he's got a massive future ahead of him. He's gone away. He's settled down. He's come back. And he looks like he's enjoying it again. His short game this week at the Genesis was fantastic. You see some of the putts he did. And the commentator started to use the stuff where he's 35 foot. And they said, well, this is a gimme for Jordan. Yeah. And I remember, That's three, you know he's good. I remember three years ago, they used to say that they were from like 50 foot. And I didn't know nothing about him. And then all of a sudden, I'd be like, what do you mean is it gimme? What are these commentators on about? And then I realised why they get paid so much, because it went straight in the centre of the putt. <laughs> like, you know, uh, straight in the centre of the hole. So, um, Jordan Spieth, he's worth a shout-out, definitely, at the Genesis. Even though he wasn't in the top 10, he didn't really give himself into contention. There was good and bad stuff. He's definitely showing signs that he could be... Major, major contender? I wouldn't. Say, I don't think he'll win one. Definitely no. not. I think there's too many players out there that's like you know really really hot right now. But I think his games are showing signs, and I think if he enters one of these tournaments where you don't have a star-studded field, like obviously you have some of them separate between the European Tour and the PGA Tour. If Jordan was able to pick his tournaments right um, to courses which he's played and he's familiar with. And you don't have the Rory McIlroy, the Tiger Woods, the Dustin Johnson, the Justin Thomas, who was not very good this week either. Um, no. if, you, if you've got these players absent from that tournament, that's not downgrading Jordan Spieth's ability. But if he gets a couple wins, he'll have his confidence back. And then he could compete. I think, I think yeah, he just needs to have, have a, all right, good year this year, get back in that top 50. And then next year... Yeah, start making his name he just, back. He needs a ground foundation for his confidence to have a platform, and I think give himself a win that I hope, and if he can follow it with another win, quite close to that, I really do think he could get back to where he was. Well, it's like Adam Scott, isn't it? He's, he's he he just won the Genesis, isn't he? Yeah. And he when when is his last win? 
um, I believe his last one was 2016. So four years. Yeah. and the Same with, sort of time frame with Smith. It's like with Adam Scott and Matt Kutcher. I mean, they're both up there. Um, Cooch is everywhere. Yeah, but he's always <laughs> up there. But weirdly, he hasn't had a top 10, I believe, this year, um, which is a shocking statistic. And, well, until now. Um, he never held a 54-hole lead. Um, and it's just like with Matt Kutcher, he's a name that's always on the leaderboard. He's always yeah. there. You're always like aware of him being there. But... He, he just underachieves, and yet this time he did a masterclass of front running from the first on the first round, hitting minus seven when everybody else could only hit minus four. Um, it looked like it was nothing to him. He was playing like safety shots, but then his putting was getting him out of trouble every single time, and um, he just didn't panic. He enjoyed the game of golf. The second round comes out, it's a perfect show of front running. It's like he's been doing it for years and years, but he's never in that situation. And then the third round, the second, Rory was right back on his tail, two shots behind before the third round started. That pressure. He panicked. He was paired up with Rory, and Rory took the opportunities, and he made that step. But unfortunately, round four just wasn't Rory's. I'm a big Rory fan, big Tiger fan. Them are two heroes, so to speak. Um, And if I could play half as good as them, then I'd be happy. That's my life made. (laughs) But Matt Kuchar, again, I think he underachieved. Got himself in the best position, a star-studded field, underachieved, and I'm very happy to see Adam Scott win it. Not just for himself, but for Australia. They're a country that's like going through a lot of awful stuff right now, and um, for them to actually have something to celebrate with, obviously Cameron Cham- uh, Cameron Smith, sorry, and Adam Scott. You know, it's good for Australian golf. Yeah, definitely. Well, that brings us also, well, not the Australian part, but the uh, standings as we're talking about of. Uh, your friend and uh, number one at the minute, Rory. Yeah, very, and he, very. He held on to it as well, didn't he, this year? Yeah, but well, this, this round. I mean, John Rahm, like, on the first round, he threatened to really, really, like, you know, run close to Matt Kuchar, and then he got himself in a bit of trouble, a few bogeys here and there on the back nine. Um, and then he just never held that consistency. If you can have one bogey-free round in a star-studded field, you got a chance of winning that tournament. Yeah. But the amount of bogeys that was coming out, and Matt Kuchar in the third round, he didn't have a bogey to the 12th or 13th hole. Never had a f- higher than a 4 in his card. And then he went 5-4-5, five, five, you know? Um, it was just like one of those implosions. If you can keep your head, keep it together, play your shots, you got a chance. But Roy McIlroy kept it together, except the last round. Yeah. John Rahm never really threatened after the first round. And, but he um, shot pl- well over, didn't he, last yeah. round? Yeah. And as for Brooks Koepka... Um, yeah, again, like you know, he was saying like he'd want to run a three straight birdies. He'd be on minus three, and then a double bogey, and it's through his putting, and you never see it. His yeah. putting used to be so solid. Like he was just one of those people where if you're not a Brooks fan, then obviously you know, fair enough, we've all got our favourites. But if you're not a Brooks fan, you'll be looking at every ten foot and you'll be like, oh, I want him to miss so bad, but he ain't gonna miss. You know, he was just that good. But since his injury, <coughs> it's just confidence. I just don't think it's there yet. I don't think he's far off. I think these greens that didn't help him. The green, <laughs> the, I mean, the greens, the professionals say they love and hate them. They love to play on them, but they hate to play on them. And it's quite simple. At the end of the day, if you're going out as a late tee-off time, you've had 72 players like, in a PGA Tour event of 144. Go play before you've been all over the green, and the footprints take a lot longer for them to just clear up, you know? Also, the grass is growing longer. Just a little taste of sun. They will grow in one day. And what you're playing in the morning is not what you're going to play in the afternoon. No, no, no. So it's very, very temperamental greens, but they're good to watch. 
but they're also horrible to watch. It's literally 50-50 Marmite. Well, I think our last thing we're going to probably talk about is uh, the WC WGC series, which is a uh, golf league idea from the 90s. Um, yeah, so ba- basically it's a bit of history here on the um, WGC, or what it was originally called was the uh, um, World Tour Championship. And basically what they wanted to achieve by this back in 1976 is they did a WGC match play championship. And, um, oh, sorry, it was the invitation, which is now called the match play championship. They wanted to start a league where they attract the top players. They play it over a length of time in a different scoring format. And then basically you get like a champion. We're kind of comparing it to the Champions League in football. Um, we're trying to get a stellar field to separate away and play an event that lasts X amount of weeks. Um, so then obviously that completely dissolved and um, the whole point of the World Golf Championship was for it to be held in different countries, four different countries on four different continents. Um, it's a way to test the players, it's a way to um, boost the game. Unfortunately, that didn't take off. Now what we're faced with, uh, for some reason, is since 1999 we have the WGC Mexico, um, which is obviously held in Mexico, but then um, the other three is the Dell Technologies Match Play, different format than the Stroke Play. We've got the FedEx Century Invitational and the HSBC Champions. Now, these tournaments here are held in America. Now, it was an American's idea for it to be a World Golf Championship, a World Tour Championship, and then it just didn't take off and it's come back to where it's at now, which mm. is basically, they class it, so you've got your majors, which is worth, like, you know, when it comes to world ranking points, 100 points. But these here do offer a very, very healthy 76 points um, for a win in the WGCs. Obviously, significant amount of prize money. Um, and obviously, they do class it as, it's like a secondary major, so to speak. You've got the four majors, then you've got the Players' Championship, which is the unofficial fifth major. And then you've got the WGCs. That's kind of where you go before you go team events, where it comes to President's Cup. Ryder Cup, etc. Yeah, biggies. But as for these here, to move them back across the pond, back to America, was a problem. And what they're trying to talk about now is um, a new golf league. They want a golf league to happen where they play over 18 weeks. It'd be four groups of four, meaning 16 players, 16 of the top players, or the players who's actually able to make themselves available. This year will coincide on a weekly basis, and it will coincide with both the European and the PGA Tour. Um, these players will be given ex- exemptions from different um, criteria that helps you keep your PGA card and your European card. However, um, as some players are happy of it, having a tournament that's going to scatter over 18 weeks takes away the prestige of a lot of the tournaments which they love to play on their home soil in front of big crowds. The prize money, they cannot guarantee the prize money is going to be as significant as individual tournaments. Now, saying that, you're not going to go out and win 18 tournaments over 18 weeks. And in the Golf League, you're not going to win 18 weeks out of 18 weeks. However, they're not going to have like a group of four and have two players from um, that group play another two players. And then they're not going to say, if you win your match, we'll give you £1.2 million. They're not going to do it. There's not that money there. Are these players going to want to go? And they're also doing a knockout format. Are they going to want to go and actually lose money if they don't win their first two group games and leave with nothing? Mm. They're sacrificing their livelihood. I personally, I don't want to see that. Champions League and football, maybe, because you're giving a little bit, but the prize money will be taken away. 
As for this World Golf League, my personal opinion, and there's going to be a lot more information coming out about it very soon, it's not a good idea. I want to see... There's a reason it hasn't worked before. Exactly, that's what I mean. It didn't last long. I think trying to make this year go over 18 different... That's the other thing. 18 countries they want to hold it in over 18 weeks. (laughs) Yeah, good luck. It's not going to happen. There's too much travelling. These players are going to be away for the best part of a third of the year from their families. Like, you know, it's not going to happen. But they're away away enough as it is. Exactly. The um, schedule's, like, slammed. It's I mean, so demanding. The only way they could really do it is if they played it in certain countries between, like, that that January and February period before everything yeah. starts really getting into it. Because it's only, it's only just really started now, hasn't it? The, the tournament's last month. The only way to do it is to... If you're going to play at a knockout stage, you want a competition, it's going to have to be over a short period of time and it's going to have to be a knockout thing. And it's going to have to be done... In January. I mean, to be honest with you, I think the best way they could do it is like the FedEx. Um, so the FedEx, you qualify for that all year. And the problem is, is you're not going to introduce another tournament similar to it because the FedEx works. It works so well. They've changed the format so you can't go in there and have the top five players able to win the FedEx. Is If you win the Tour Championship, the chances are you've accumulated enough points, you're going to win the uh, bonus at the end and the FedEx Cup, £10 million. Um, you could do it where... There's a criteria where it's like a four-tournament knockout stage from the world's top 100 down to 75, down to 50, and then, you know, just a straight shootout. That could work. But we already have that. But the only way that would work is if there's not a qualifying criteria over the space of a season. Like, that there could just be done by world rankings. It's done by world rankings. Like, Phil Mickelson, who wasn't playing his best six months ago, he would be in there with a shout. In the FedEx Cup, he's not in with a shout. He's not mm. currently in the top 100 on the FedEx points. Jordan Spieth, outside the top 100. Justin Rose, just on the brink of the top 100. But world ranking-wise, they're still in this. So maybe we're looking at like a four-week four, four week thing, where like the FedEx Cup, same format, knock it down from 100 to 75 to 50 to a straight shootout with a prestigious a prize, make it like an official fifth major. Kind of find something like that, but as for an 18-week league, it's not going to happen. It's too long. It's too long, it's and people will lose interest. I would lose interest after the second I, I, week. I, I've lost interest already about it. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. I'm, I'm hoping we still got listeners, guys. <laughs> no, I mean, not that, not you talking, just like the whole idea of it. Just The more you talk about it, the more it just doesn't make sense. There's too many potholes in it. There's too many things which you just be like, well, why can't they make that better? Why can't they do that? And until they come up with an actual strategy, a template, a guideline, something that's feasible, something that's actually applicable to their PGA and their European Tour commitments, don't suggest it yet. Because right now, your idea is going to be scrutinised, criticised, and it's just not going to take off. You need to get something concrete before you come up with an idea like that. <laughs> so on that happy note, I think we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> I'm sorry about uh, that. I may not be back for episode three, guys. <laughs> nah, I'll be back. But um, yeah, just... Uh, cap it off with uh, my Instagram at the minute actually I've gained about well I've, when I've written it it's like 120 followers for my last podcast from my last podcast now I've probably gone up it's 369 isn't it no that's no, more than that it's near, more now, near 400 it? so I've, I've gone up like 260 yeah. followers <laughs> since then which is pretty decent um, I am going to do a giveaway at 1k um, I don't know what that's going to be probably a few T-shirts, caps, maybe around the golf or something like that, I think. There is one thing which I will advise, Nathan. I currently brought, and it's a good company. They're doing, it's not wooden tees, it's bamboo tees. And um, they're 100% recyclable. But laser engraved to whatever you want. So I was a bit of a idiot. 
um, and an egomaniac. I had hashtag and then rather than Danny Hobbs, I had Danny McElroy. Oh, tragic. Um, yeah. <laughs> However, Nathan did see them. I say they're very good. Um, they're good tees. I will personally give them or get Nathan some of them. I will do the order. <laughs> and as part of the giveaway, that'd be an extra add-on present. There we go. They are a talking point, guys. I'll tell, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll see if we can get in contact with them. And if you uh, go on to my recent uh, YouTube video, which would be about winter, and comment in bamboo tees. Yeah, hashtag bamboo tees. Hashtag bamboo tees. I'll uh, see how many people can get involved in that, and we'll do a little giveaway. I'll put it on my Instagram story as well. We'll see how it goes. Just more mon- more money to spend, really. Isn't it? <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, I will say it now, I do actually have a deal with this company, and they have said, for well, every five people I can get to either place an order or show interest, they're willing to do a promotion. I don't need any more teas. I don't need any more towels, which is also another part they do. It will be stuff which will be given away on Nathan's Golf channel through Instagram, through Facebook, and um, so we have five five platforms that we got now. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that today this is going to be it. Um, subscribe to my YouTube. Um, follow the Spotify, or if you're on uh, Apple, is it Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio. Any of these ones here, give us a little comment. Go on my YouTube and give us a little comment and tell us where you're listening from. Until next time, guys, it's uh, bye for me. And goodbye from me. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.